We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, the prevailing theory... I think still amongst many, despite the 40-20 to 20 annihilation by the Bears on Thursday night a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, is how could anybody think that the Giants are going to beat the Commanders? A friend of mine just texted me basically that same thing. How could anybody pick the Giants when half their team is injured? And that is the one thing... That ultimately is, in my mind, stopping me from really worrying about this game, if I'm being honest. Like, if I know I said I'd rather, I think, Daniel Jones play over Tyrod Taylor, and I explained my reasons why. If you gave me Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, um... Evan Neal, who, again, isn't very good. Um, There's another starter, I forgot his name, that's going to be missing for the Giants. If you gave me all those guys, like, I'd probably lean towards officially picking the Giants. Because here's the reason. Not only did the Commanders lay an absolute egg against the Bears, and I guess that could happen any week, any game, any time, anywhere, but there is an undeniable history here under Ron, even under Jay, that this team sometimes handles prosperity okay, i.e., They've had a couple of winning streaks. It's not like they've never had a winning streak. They've had one in each of the three years under Ron. But they've also had terrible losing streaks, too. And terrible starts, as we mentioned. And here's the thing that worries me so much. It's not necessarily what I saw in front of my very own eyes with the, with the Bears. Because the Giants don't have, don't have a DJ Moore. They don't even have a Justin Fields, who I don't think is great by any means. I mean, he's only great against the Commanders. That's the only team he's great against in two starts. I mean, he's lit them up like a Christmas tree both times. Nobody else, for the most part. But it's not just because I saw that a week and a half ago, or I guess it's now two weeks ago. It's just this notion that I still can't get past, which is that team, the players, even though a lot of players have changed over the years, that coaching staff, even though a lot of the coaching staff has cycled and changed, for whatever reason, 
They just don't seemingly handle prosperity well. And again, to counter that theory, then if they don't handle prosperity well, they shouldn't ever go on a winning streak, right? Well, I just told you they went on winning streaks each of the last three years. So at times they handle prosperity well. It's just not all the time. And obviously, if you handle prosperity all the time well, you would never lose. But what I'm trying to get at is more often than not, they don't handle prosperity well. They don't handle business the way it should be handled. They struggle. They play down to the level of their opponent. Sometimes they play worse than the level of their opponent. Never mind the Bears. Look at Arizona. They didn't play well in that game. That was not a good win. It was a win, not a good win. Sure, they took over midway through the third quarter from the defensive line. That was against Josh Dobbs. One receiver, kind of, that could hurt you. Maybe one and a half. A decent tight end in Zach Ertz. A makeshift offensive line. You know, and and a pretty good running back. But, I mean, let's be honest. The Arizona Cardinals are not a good team. They are a reloading, rebuilding team for a reason. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I I feel like two-thirds, maybe 75% of the time, they do not handle prosperity well. Oh, you should win this game. Oh, this is an easy game. Oh, this is a game that you're better than. And I just feel like we're going to come back here on Monday and reconvene and be like, holy bleep, how did they lose that game? Yet in my right mind, I'm struggling to pick the Giants because, again, of the theory, I know the commanders have more talent, one. I know that they're more capable right now than the Giants. And I also know that the commanders are way healthier Way healthier. I just know this. So, where does that leave us? It leaves us right here. Again, the commanders should win this game. The Giants could win this game. If the Giants win this game, if it's by a close score... Again, I'll live with it. I'll be frustrated. I'll be disappointed. I will say same old, same old. It's mediocre, mediocre plus at best. If they win this game, meaning the commanders, and it's a, I don't know, three-point win, a lot of us are going to feel like, oh, man, that was an ugly win. That was an ugly win. And you might be right. But an ugly win is way better than any kind of loss, especially if it's an ugly loss. And if they can win this game by any means, one point, 20 points, 40 points, whatever. Again, you take it and you just run. And you get ready for the Eagles. And you hope that the Eagles is enough to continue to build that prosperity. The Giants... Just let me give you uh, this. 
The Giants, not only are they awful in terms of pass block win rate and all that stuff, sacks allowed, I mean, they are worse than the command, way worse than the commanders. The New York Giants, again, because they've gotten virtually no help from their offense, check this out, right? In terms of yards per play allowed, 6.13. You know what the league average is? 5.20. Almost one yard per play worse than the league average. 364 and a half yards per game allowed. The league average, 330.1. So a difference of 34 plus yards per game. Rushing yards per game allowed, 147. Point five. The NFL league average, 111.1. Rushing yards per play, 5.12. Per play allowed, 4.16 is the league average. They're almost a yard worse than the league average in rushing yards per play and yards per play overall. This is a game that if this team has any grapefruits, if Sam Howell is really for real, if Sam Howell is not one of these, I'll show you a little bit and then I'll get you worked up and then I'll let you down like the second half of, you know, where they couldn't convert on third down and they couldn't get, uh, couldn't get out of their own way. Sack, 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 sack. And they did nothing and they barely gave, um, ba- ba- uh, you know, tried desperately to give that game away. This is a game that Sam Howell and the Washington running game should feast. But we already know. We already know that the Washington Commanders, okay, who have, through six games, only run the ball 124 times. Do some math with me, okay? Do some math with me. 124 divided by six is 20.6. On average per game. That doesn't sound terrible. That doesn't sound terrible. But if you look and you say, all right, Sam Howell has attempted 214 passes. Never mind the sacks. Never mind the called passes that turn out to be scrambles and therefore runs. But just 214 attempts compared to the rushing attempts of 124. Again, that's not, I mean, it's 90 less, right? 90 less. So you put 20.6 against um, against uh, uh, 214 divided by 6, that's 35.67 per game. That means they're they're passing the ball 15 times per game more on average than they're running the game the ball. Again, I understand. I understand that 
you are going to pass the ball and you have to pass the ball more in this league in 2023 than you have to run the ball. I, I totally get it. 35.7 to 20.6 is the per game averages through six games. And again, that doesn't include the sacks, so obviously, and the, the, the called pass plays that turn into scrambles, so you'd throw probably another, what, 45 or so onto that number and divide that over six, and basically you'd be a two-to-one ratio. A two-to-one ratio. Pass to run. For you non-math majors, that's what? 66 to 33, that's, you know, uh, 64 to 32 uh, percentage, right? I'm not giving you the exact, but I'm just trying to give you in in your mind, right? That is the percentages we're talking about. Roughly, it's a two to one pass to run rate for the commanders. And they have their best quarterback, I'm telling you, by far. They have their best quarterback since Kirk Cousins. I know it. I know it already. I've told you that. Despite me saying, hey, you know what? In some ways, he's holding back the offense. He is. I know that Sam Howell is better than any other jabroni 9-5 to ham and egger that's been brought down the aisle here. I'm sorry. That's the truth. I know it already. You know it already. That being said, when you have a matchup like you do this weekend, where the numbers, granted a six-game sample size, scream out to you that you need to run the ball more in order to have success or to give yourself the best analytical, numerical, common sense chance of success, you need to run the ball more. And you need to be more efficient than you've been. And I have zero, and I mean zero confidence that that's what I'm going to get on Sunday. Zero. Sorry. I have zero confidence. And for all you number knuckleheads out there, you're going to tell me, no, you don't understand football. You're living in the 1970s, blah, blah, blah. Every time a team can't run the football or chooses not to run the football, or struggles to run the football, they are hard-pressed to win. It takes monumental efforts from others to compensate for that. It takes Jahan Dotson not dropping the only opportunity he got, which would have gone for a touchdown. It takes Diami Brown to fight off a little tug to catch a ball that could have gone for a touchdown. It takes... It takes so much. It takes Jamison Crowder finishing off that punt return. Even though they scored after the Jamison Crowder punt return. Even though they scored after the Jahan Dotson drop. I think they got a field goal after the Diami drop. It takes monumental, Herculean efforts and performances when you can't sustain a balance and a rhythm on your offense. When you can't be in third and short third and three or less, or third and five and less even, for crying out loud, when you can't stay on the field, when you are three and out 
or maybe you make a first down on the first play because you're throwing the football, and then you keep throwing the football, and you go three and out after that. So maybe it's not a three and out, but it's a four and out. If I could ever just sit back and go, they're going to do the right thing. They're going to do what makes sense. And sometimes they have, like, because they had no other option. You know, like a couple of the 17-15 wins along the way, a couple of wins last year. They knew that they were exposed at quarterback. They knew that they were exposed along the offensive line. They think they're better in the passing game than they actually are. And again, some of the offensive line metrics, some of the eyeball evaluation, some of the numbers by Sam, some of the production by Terry, the screen game, will tell you, yes, yes you are. But a lot of the other evidence will tell you, no, no you're not. And whether the Giants are giving up those kind of rushing numbers because teams have been out in front, i.e. the Dallas Cowboys in the season opener, the Cardinals in week two for the first half, the 49ers in week three, whether that's the case or not is neither here nor there. Either way, they're struggling a little bit, if not a lot of bit, to stop the run. Either way, your game plan this week should not be going on the road and taking your chances with a 2-to-1 ratio. Remember when Ron and Mayhew said after the final Dallas game last year, they won and their plan and their identity is to be a 2-to-1? And everyone scoffed at that. They're 2-to-1 in the passing game. If you include sacks and called passing plays that turn out to be scrambles and runs. All right. Went on a little bit of a rant there. We'll get to Jonesy. We'll get to Mark. We'll get to you. We'll get to our NFL Super Sunday six-pack and Dum Dumb of the Day all before 4 o'clock. And Craig Hoffman next on the Team 980. Good to have you aboard on the Odyssey app as well. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, more than a feeling, baby. I got a feeling that we're going to pick some games, hopefully as good as we picked them last week. 6-0. ATS NFL Super Sunday six-pack coming up before we turn out the lights for the week. Let's go back to the phones. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980 on the Ace Law listener lines and a rec case law. I hope you get a check. Call them at 8888-ACE-LAW. That's 8888-ACE-LAW. 
law. Let's get to uh, let's get to uh, Mark and Laurel here, uh, and then we'll get to Jonesy. What's up, Mark? How are you? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you, Mark? The, the only the 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 only thing you're missing is that this team had no explosive players last year, and they were able to beat the Commanders this year. The Giants had a little bit more talent offense than they had last year. So anytime you got Sam Howell, which at this point to me, I think he's going to be a second string quarterback, you're going to be the Redskins are going the commander's going to be in every game. Again, because again, he just doesn't he's going to make a mistake, turn the ball over a couple of times, that's going to cost him the game. And, you know, that's the outcome. Unfortunately, I don't see him going up there winning because again, you got a second string quarterback, you got a mediocre defense. Again, the Giants don't have any talent. They don't have any explosive players. The team is pathetic, but also they're pathetic last year. So they got a little bit more talent this year. Tyrone Talent, I think, gives them a better option to win. But again, they're gonna go up there and lay an egg and we're gonna be having this conversation on Sunday. Just well, like we talked so, about so, in the right, so, so I'm I'm a little confused though, Mark. You're saying the Giants have a little more talent this year than they did, which they do, Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, what have you. Uh, the quarterback situation is obviously a mess, but their offensive line is is torn to smithereens again, uh, you know, via injury. So I, I think they're I think they're potentially more capable um the Giants this year than they were last year. But they won those two games last year. Not necessarily because of their explosive ability, but because they executed a little bit better, um, A, when games were tied, and B, when they were behind, like the game at MetLife. They didn't give up on their running game. They got a couple of big plays. Um, there was one uh, one defensive pass interference call for like 35 yards that ignited a touchdown drive for the Giants at the game uh, at MetLife. I think that was Sterling Shepard, but I'd have to dug. Uh, go back and double check. I mean, like these games are razor thin in terms of margin. And the reason why I I could see the commanders losing is because, you know, again, it doesn't take a lot of mistakes. Like they could have, and maybe should have lost last week. They didn't because they created four takeaways and because they didn't turn the ball over themselves, you know, but if they go up there and say they turn the ball over twice and they only come away with one takeaway. What are the odds that they win that game? You're absolutely right, because you know Sam Howell's going to make a mistake because he's a second-string quarterback. Well, you keep saying that. Now, I don't know if he's a second-string quarterback yet. As a matter of fact, I don't think he is. Why do you think he is? Just because don't get sacked 30 times, oh, Okay, well, that, I mean, yeah, listen, man. I cannot deny that you're right about that. Uh, what I would say, what I would say, is it is a troubling trend, but I think if there's anybody that can get out of it, it's Sam. And the reason why I feel that way is because he's got such a strong arm, mobility, athleticism, and he's got a little bit of that chutzpah that you need. And then on top of that, I believe he's going to work his ass off. Whereas other quarterbacks who were sacked a lot in the past, I don't think they had the same kind of work ethic, and I'm not just talking about here, but I am talking about here. They didn't have the same work ethic that Sam Howell has, the same maturity, but the same poise. I guarantee you, let me say this last one, one more thing. I guarantee you next year, Ron Rivera's going to lose his job, and Sam Howell's not going to be QB1 next year, going into the next year season. I mean, that's 
Uh, I guarantee that. I, I mean, it's possible That's because I don't think Ron's going to be in charge either. Um, not fully in charge. That's for damn sure. I would I would be willing to say that for sure. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be in charge overall. And we don't know how somebody new is going to come in and view Sam Hell. And especially if the That's numbers correct. if the numbers don't improve. So to your point, That's I mean, it, it could very That's much it. happen. I appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. Um, let's run on that. Let's get to Jonesy here before the bottom of the hour. What's up, Jonesy? Hey, what's going on? Russell on the radio. How are hey, you, look, pal? I can't. Look, I can't guarantee much, but I get bet you that last guy that just got off the radio, he's somewhere between late twenties and early thirties. You can't, can't tell them nothing. They know everything. So um <clears throat> here's my thing. Sam Howell, he ain't no second string quarterback. That's what his dad going first year quarterback look like coming inside the league when he get a chance. I've seen Peyton Mayton, Peyton Manning play like that his first season years ago when Norm Turner was the coach of the Washington Redskins. Now, Sam, what he has to do with that ball is get that ball out a little quicker. It's the number one thing, he can't be taking sacks. That's his only issue. We can work that out between now and even the next offseason. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback next season. But nine times out of ten, look, after you have a conversation with Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, boom, these guys, to me, seem like these are guys of chances. Now, I don't know about Ron coming back here next year, but I do know Sam will be back here next year. Believe it or not, because we're we working out some growing pains and we're eking out some stuff with this guy. And he ain't no second-string quarterback. Put some tape across that guy's mouth and just got on the phone, and boom, let's give this, let's, let's give this kid a chance, man. He looks like he can be a first-stringer starter in the league. Because if we get rid of him, somebody like Sean McVay or even Kyle Shanahan will take that same kid and boom, turn him into a mega monster of a quarterback. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying that, that second strength stuff. You know, I, I'm buying starter next year because watching me come back the next year, which he will be the starter for next year, I'm not guaranteed that. We're going to see a difference in that quarterback. We're seeing differences now. Steps that he's taking, you know, just baby steps, but he's getting there, man. We got to give him some time. But this Giants game, though, this is my problem with the Giants. We always play down to the Giants. We had them on the ropes last year in the first game. We let them back in the game because we started to beat ourselves on defense and offense and special teams. You cannot beat yourself in all three phases and expect to win any game. That was the first game. We came out the, the first game at Giants last year, and we hemming them out. And the next thing you know, the next hit we, we took, uh, we punched ourselves in the stump. That's how they got back in the game. The second game, uh, pretty much somewhat of the same thing. We had them on the ropes. We let them out. Mm-hmm. We you let them off the we hook. That's right. We let them off the hook, as Jenny Green said. But <laughs> as one other coach used to say. They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. But I like what one other coach used to say. Believe it or not, if you expect to go to playoffs, Playoffs? Playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> you better straighten it up now. You at 500. Let's win this game and get to next Sunday's game so we can play Philly. I'm taking it one game at a time. So as Jim Zorn used to say, I'm keeping it medium. Yeah, you got to keep it medium. If you're not keeping it medium, yeah. you're too spicy. So, Russell Radio, appreciate it, man. 
I'm going to be checking out the Dead on Friday Night Smackdown, man. Oh, boy. And listen to the rest of you for the rest of the rest of the radio. And my God, you made it, Chris. You got through the nail. It's not as easy as people think. My guy, thank you, Jonesy. Have a good, have a good weekend, brother. I uh, appreciate you. We'll get to Cliff on the other side. But first, a trending alert right here. Just a couple of minutes past the bottom of the hour. All right, so the Commanders getting ready for the Giants, as we keep telling you about. The Giants put Daniel Jones uh, again at uh, as questionable for the game coming up uh, on um, Sunday at MetLife Stadium. We'll have full-day coverage for you, including Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson, for three hours before Sunday's 1 o'clock affair. Uh, they will be at Tap Sports Bar at MGM National Harbor uh, and... Of course, Doc and Linnell, we are just talking about Linnell, uh, they are coming up with the postgame show right after the final gun, and they will have a in-game show, Will Linnell, as a matter of fact. Meanwhile, the commanders are completely healthy across the board. Somehow, no Kendall Fuller Wednesday and Thursday. He said he was going to play full go today. He's cleared to go. Everybody's set. For the Commanders, the Giants, just the opposite. Again, they're going to probably be without Andrew Thomas uh, and Daniel Jones, uh, for the most part, against the Commanders. So that's the story on that. Caps off until tomorrow night when they are at Montreal. Meanwhile, Michigan continues to deal with the fallout from the accusations, first of Yahoo Sports. Now, uh, ESPN reporting that a former Marine Corps uh, sergeant, uh, is the person suspected, his name is Connor Stallions. He is a Michigan football analyst. He has now been suspended by the NCAA as it invests, uh, investigates rather alleged sign-stealing operations that we told you about yesterday uh, by the number two-ranked Michigan Wolverines. And that's what's trending. Coming up, Dum Dum of the Day to wrap up the show. We're still looking for a good one. There's some decent ones out there. We got to make a final decision. Got to make a final decision. So if you want to shoot Matt a a DM or a call or whatever uh, and get in, maybe we have a a chance for you uh, to participate. Again, some decent ones out there, um, but not a one that we love. Not as of yet. Um, but coming up in just a couple of moments, we do have our NFL Sunday Super Six Pack in which, again, I remind you, and it only worked out this way because I did not make the actual bet. This show was 6-0 and last week. 6-0 and against the spread. Nailed it. But it only happened that way because I did not actually make the bet. I fell asleep instead in the studio. I don't know if I should say this, but Hoffman told me that that he was really tired yesterday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, man, football season is draining. You know, like it it really is. Like I last night I got I got I gotta be a man and I gotta admit. I, 
I fell asleep during the fourth quarter of the New Orleans uh, comeback against Jacksonville. It was 24-7 when I fell asleep. And New Orleans was not doing a damn thing. And I fell asleep. And I missed it all. I mean, I've seen the highlights. But I missed it all. I just can't, you know. If I get comfortable, I'm in trouble. I've got to be uncomfortable. I've got to be sitting at my desk. And even then, last week I fell asleep sitting at my desk. Just an old man signed up for AARP. I did. I mean, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not hiding from reality. Let's get to Cliff in D.C. before we get to our Sunday six-pack. What up, Cliff? How are you? <laughs> My guy. Um, that last caller before um before the other caller that just um just got off the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they still bad off in Sam Howe. The only thing Sam Howe got good for him right now is that the Giants has never faced him. And right now he's he has a one-and-one one record in the NFC East by beating Dallas last year and losing to the Eagles this year. He that is true. You, you are that. correct. You are correct. Yeah, he has, a, he has a chance to improve that. And he has the, uh, a date with the Eagles in two weeks. So he can redeem himself by hopefully winning against the Giants this Sunday and coming back next Sunday and beating the Eagles. Um now, um, who's um? What side does uh, Andrew Thomas play on? Left tackle. Left, left tackle. Okay, yep. so whoever. So in other words, Chase Young play. should eat in this game. That's what I was going to say. Chase Young should have a monster's lunch, dinner, and supper, or whatever. But um, hopefully Cody Barton don't get himself in no stupid fouls. Try to play like you did um last week, but don't make no mistakes. Make some plays, and I'm hoping that. Kendall Fuller can play. I'm hoping that St. Jude's get another pick, and I'm hoping Jamin Davis have a good game too. And the offense, I'm focused on scoring because I know last year up in New York they did play to a 20-20 tie. That was because of um, Riverboat Ron wanting to go for two. This time, if it's 20-20 and there's a little bit of time on the clock, don't go for no two. Kick the extra point. Wait a second, that's what he did in Philadelphia, and people just blasted him. I'm with you. I'm with you because I was there at that game that basically his decision cost them a chance to ultimately outlast and go punch for punch with the Giants in overtime. But a lot of people feel that you have a better chance of doing this. Nah, when there's a little bit of time on that clock, it's best to kick that extra point if you don't think you're going to make that two. Because if you, miss, if you miss that two, you're losing two points. Whereas you're kicking that one point, you got that one point. I agree. But um, hopefully they'll win this Sunday. I'm going to say since last year was 2020 tie, I'm going to say Washington will go win this game probably 24-17. to 17. And I'll sit back and listen. All right. Appreciate you, Cliff, as always. 24 to 17. I mean, listen, most people, they won by eight on the road last week. And everyone, including myself, said, look, if Arthur Smith wasn't such a dum-dum, if Desmond Ritter wasn't such a bad operator, they wouldn't have won that game. But they won by eight. If they win 24 to 17 against Tyrod Taylor and a beat-up Giants team, a one-in-five Giants team, even though they're better than that record, People are still going to say, eh, show me something exciting. 
it wouldn't be until they beat the Eagles at home by 20 points or until they went to Seattle and smoked some salmon up at Pike's Fish Market. I've been there once. Got to go back again. Very limited hours. But, I mean, it wouldn't be until that that people would be, like, lathered up. Unfortunately, I mean, if they're down 17 to nothing and they score 24 unanswered points and win 24 to 17, what do you think the narrative is going to be? Yeah, great comeback. But, once again, they were a no-show at the start of the game. It's going to take like 37 to 3 for people to be like, wow, all right, we got something here. We pummeled the team that we should pummel. Sam was great. Sam threw for, you know, 350 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That's the one thing. Real quickly, I'll point this out. Sam has now played in. has now played in three road games in his career. No turnovers. Denver, Philly, and that was overtime, and Atlanta. So whatever you want to say about Sam Howell, he hadn't turned the ball over yet on the road. Unless I'm forgetting one, I don't think I am. Now at home, it's been a much more scarier sight. Both turnovers and sacks. All right, let's get to the Sunday six-pack before we run out of time, and Dumb Dumb of the Day is still to come. Let's do it. Let's fire up the music. Last week, we were 6-0 and against the spread, baby. We came in at 9-12-3 through four weeks of the season, and we left... At 15, 12, and 3. So that's where we are heading into week 7 of the National Football League. Let's start with a game that I thought was, and maybe I'll look bad on Sunday, but I think it's pretty easy pickings for me. The Patriots plus the 8 in Foxborough against the Buffalo Bills. I was not impressed once again by the Bills on Sunday. They struggled. The Patriots, we know this, they have a good defense. The Patriots were close to beating the Haters in Oakland or in Vegas last Sunday. One Jacoby Myers drop. They could have won that game. Or not Jacoby Myers, um, one of their guys. Um, I forget who it was. Could have won that game. Should have won that game. I think the Patriots lose to Buffalo, but keep it close. Plus the eight. The Browns go to Indianapolis and take on Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts off of their biggest win of the year, upsetting the San Francisco 49ers. Here's why the Browns, I think, will win this game and cover the three. Their defense kicks ass. They shredded San Francisco last week. Hard to do that again. Hard to get up for the Colts like you got up for the 49ers. 
especially on the road, I'll take my chances. Browns minus the three over Minshew Mania in Indy. We just mentioned the Raiders. They go to Soldier Field to take on Tyson Badgett. That's right. Justin Fields officially ruled out, as was expected. I'll take the Raiders. Even though Crosby's a little bit banged up, Devontae Adams apparently is not happy. Jimmy Garoppolo is always injured. It might be, once again, Brian Hoyer. Who knows? Even if Garoppolo plays, he'll be injured by the end of the first quarter anyway. I'll still take the Raiders minus the two and a half on the road in Chicago. Patriots plus the eight. Browns minus the three. Raiders minus the two and a half. With the latter two being road favorites. I'll take the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions plus the three in Baltimore. But if it comes down to a Justin Tucker field goal, you might have this. They need Jameer Gibbs to go out and make some plays against a non-conference opponent, but a really good team, one that there's still some of those ghosts of Justin Tucker banging a 60-year-old, 60-yard uh, field goal over the off the uh, crossbar and through to beat the Lions last year. Good catch, Matt. Good catch. Good turnaround. That was Tom Pelissari on NFL Network about Justin Tucker banging 60-year-olds. I'll take Detroit plus the three. They've been road warriors this year, and they've traveled well. They'll be traveling well to Baltimore this weekend and eating crabs on Baltimore. Three-point favorites, I'll take the Lions plus the three. The Commandalorians and the New York Giants are coming up. But first, Miami and Philadelphia in Philly. God, I wish I could go to that game. I'd rather go to that game than the game I'm going to. Mike McDaniel, Tuatunga Vailoa against the struggling Eagles on offense. That's right, the struggling Eagles. Not only are they not throwing the football well against anybody but the Commanders, they ain't running the ball against anybody since the Commanders. I'll take the Miami Dolphins. Plus the two and a half on the road, Sunday night football against the Eagles. And to wrap it up, I will take... The Commanders, minus the two and a half. This one pains me. They should win. They could win. They're not definitely going to win. I think because of the injuries on the Giants' offensive line, the pass rush eats a little bit. They force a turnover or two, and they find a way to win 17-14, 20-17, somewhere in that range, cover the two and a half. Our picks, the Patriots, plus eight over Buffalo. Browns, minus the three over the Colts. Raiders, minus two and a half over Tyson Badgett and the Bears. The Lions, plus the three on the road against Baltimore. The Miami Dolphins, plus two and a half over the Eagles Sunday night football. And the Cummies, minus two and a half over the New York Giants, write it down. Yeah. 6-0 last week, baby. 15-12-3 on the year. Hopefully I won't forget to make the bet. All right, coming back to wrap things up. Dumb Dumb of the Day, a quick one on the way next. Just a couple of minutes left. 
in the show, Graham Craig Hoffman coming up in about six or seven minutes right here on your way home on a Friday. Be safe out there with uh, any rain that you might encounter. Don't drive like an idiot, uh, like many of you often do. Time to wrap it up the week and the show the way we like to do it. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day. All right, so Matt found this courtesy of the Associated Press. Title. U.S. Custom Officials Seize Giraffe Feces. What? From a woman at a Minnesota airport. That's right. Saucy in a good way. (laughs) Not saucy in a good way. Federal custom agents uh, broke up the plans of an Iowa woman who wanted to make jewelry using giraffe feces that she acquired on a trip to Kenya and brought back to the U.S. in her luggage. So apparently the woman declared the small box of giraffe feces uh, when, you know, you have to go through customs at Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport on September the 29th, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. She was not identified. She told officials she planned to use the waste to make a necklace as she had done. Really? Really? No. No, true. I mean, it's true. I'm, I'm telling you, it's true. Don't wake up Al. He's asleep at the wheel. She wanted to mirror a project that she had done using moose crap. Moose crap. Uh, giraffe poop apparently can be brought in, according to the AP, with proper permits and inspections. Now, apparently she won't be facing sanctions because she actually did declare the feces and give it to customs. She did not try and smuggle it in. But U.S. Customs and Border Patrol in the Chicago field said, quote, there is a real danger with bringing fecal matter into the U.S., end quote. Yeah, no poop, Sherlock. Cue the fool said it already sold. And I wasn't wasn't trying to say poop. I was trying to say a word I can't say. Please don't bring any feces from any other country or your own. Please, enough. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. All right, Craig Hoffman coming up next. He'll take you home on this Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm uh, joining Big Doug, the Big Douglas podcast, uh, in just a couple of minutes. So look out for that as well. Thanks to Matty Ice. Thanks to London Fletcher. Thanks to you for being a part of the show. See you Sunday from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. See you Monday right back here at 1 o'clock on the Team 980. Adios. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.